close for the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. Usually this thing is not going to be so bad. They call me on the phone after us and say, where were you? He says, um, well, you know,
going to have a little, uh, little change of pace here, a little uh, change of thrust. I was on a uh, twin-engine plane from Milwaukee to New York City, uh, and just over LaGuardia, one of the engines uh, conked out, 
and we started to drop straight down, flipping over and over. Then the engine died, and we went completely out of control. New York City started to get taller and taller. A voice came over the intercom and said, Our pilot has informed us that we are about to attempt a crash landing. Please extinguish all cigarettes. Place your tray tables in an upright position. Your captain says, please do not panic. Captain says, place your head in your hands. Captain says, put your knees to your chin. Captain says, put your hands in your eyes. Captain says, put your hands on your head. Put your hands on my knees. <laughs> this is your captain. Have you lost your dog?
that black plastic is the show on Uni Radio that you got going. Uniradio.fm. And uh, these are all these records I bought this week, pretty much some stuff from the library, but dig it.
This is part of a diary from 1962. We were in the room, and then the coach, he told me to take my shirt off and try on the top of the uniform. And I did that too. And then he told me that it fit perfectly over my body, and he started to rub my body and take it back off me again. And then he said, take off your pants and try on these bottoms. So I took off my blue jeans and threw them across the arm of the chair next to me. And he handed me the shorts and told me that I shouldn't wear any underwear when I tried them on because the fit might not be right. I hesitated a minute. Holy shit, I thought. What the fuck have you gotten yourself into or out of or whatever the fuck was going on? And I was really nervous whether I should punch this guy out or if I should take off my pants and be cool and just try on the shorts and so what if he sees my prick anyway? I'm only 12 years old. I took off my underwear and I was standing there totally naked and Mike's eyes were popping out. And I went to pull off the shorts to see if they fit, but he stopped me and he told me that he wanted to take my measurements first and he sort of took my body and leaned it against the wall and began to measure my thighs and my calf muscles, 13 inches by the way. And then the fucker did it. He pressed his palm very softly against my prick and my walls and said that he should measure that now. No more, I thought. I took that motherfucker, and mostly by instinct, I guess, gave him a pretty solid fiber over the back of his neck. Then I got angry. He was down on his knees from that punch and just took him by his face and pushed him so that his head hit on the brass bedpost. And then I simply whipped my clothes on again, picked up the uniform and made it to the door where he came running after me and told me not to be angry. August 7th, 1965. Tonight we got drunk, but not as bad as last night. So we went over to some terrible bar and tried to pick something up. The guy told us that the <laughs> The guy told us that the Celia sisters were heading down toward the beach. I had gotten a blowjob once from Alice Celia, and a little sister had quite a reputation herself. Willie and I headed after him. When we caught up to them, we waited about 10 feet behind and watched them duck into an alleyway. They were both stone drunk. When we passed by, we saw them making out with each other all over the concrete. Boy, that really turns me on, Willie said to me. Then he called for Alice, and she came over and said to me, I remember you. You came in my mouth, and it tasted like strawberries. This girl is really fucked up, I thought. She was only 14, too. Her sister was 13. Want to go down to the beach with us? I asked. Okay. On the way over to the beach, Alice pissed right in the street, but I don't want to soil my diary with a description of that. Then some other guys spotted us with them and told some other guys who told some other guys, and I swear before long, the whole fucking town was on the beach waiting for blowjobs. One guy came up to me and asked what was going on. These two girls, I think, are about to give out an awful lot of blowjobs, I said. Get in line, someone else told him. Willie and I left that fucking scene, got a ball, and went down to the courts in the dark to practice foul shots for the game tomorrow.
something for y'all here. Thank you. 
warmed up now, and we're going to go on to the arms. Stand with your feet together, buttocks tight, stomach pulled in, arms straight out to the side, shoulder height. Now flex your hands upward, press the heels of your hands out to the opposite wall and circle forward. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and back. Big circles. Five, six, seven, eight. Knuckles down. Five, six, seven, eight, and back. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Palms up. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and back. Ready for buttock tucks.
very subtle, so you have to work deep. Really make the muscles burn in the back of those hips. We'd like to play some more, all right? If I could interrupt for just one moment with my apologies. Sure, man, go right ahead. Those of you that are on the light towers, please, if you will, get the fuck down! Swing, swing, up and down, turn, turn, turn around, round, round and round about and over again. Gun, gun, summer gun, you are the only one in no Guns, guns. 
son of a gun, you are the only one and no one else will take my place. thinks they've taken some poison, forget it. And if you feel like experimenting, only take half a tab, okay? Thank you. You know all us people from the Bay Area, we're real LSD freaks. We take a lot of LSD. We've taken a lot of LSD. We know what LSD is. But I'll tell you one thing. The stuff that they're passing out here today may or may not be LSD, but there's a chance that you won't have a very good trip. Now what you're supposed to do after you know that is you're supposed to stop taking it. Now if you've taken it already, don't worry because you're not poisoned and you won't die. But if you haven't taken it, I would recommend that you don't take it.
Oh yeah. How you doing tonight? All right. Um, as you know, I'm not the kind of a person that reads books. I've said this before many times. I'm not fond of reading, but I do. I have in the past made exceptions, and uh, one of these exceptions was this part of uh, the book that I'm sure you know called Naked Lunch. And I have received permission to read the part about the talking asshole. So, before I do, uh, I discussed with Mr. Burroughs before we came out here some of the details that led to the construction of this section of the book. I asked him where he got the idea for this part, and he said that it was derived from the ventriloquist scene in the dead of night, if you know that film. And I had a little bit of trouble following that for a moment there until he made it all very clear to me by saying that uh, it was like uh, when you have a ventriloquist dummy and suddenly the dummy starts talking for you. And so with that introduction, I start on page 132 and it goes like this. <clears throat> Did I ever tell you about the man who taught his asshole to talk? His whole abdomen would move up and down, you dig? farting out the words. It was unlike anything I ever heard. This ass talk had a sort of gut frequency. It hit you right down there like you gotta go. <laughs> you know when the old colon gives you the elbow and it feels sort of cold inside? And you know all you have to do is turn loose? Well, this talking hit you right down there. A bubbly, thick, stagnant sound. A sound you could smell. This man worked for a carnival, you dig. And to start with, it was like a novelty ventriloquist act. Real funny, too, at first. He had a number he called the Better O that was a scream, I tell you. I forget most of it, but it was clever, like, oh, I say, are you still down there, old thing? Nah, I had to go relieve myself. After a while, the ass started talking on its own. He would go in without anything prepared, and his ass would ad-lib and toss the gags back at him every time. Then it developed sort of teeth-like little raspy, incurving hooks and started eating. He thought this was cute at first and built an act around it, but the asshole would eat its way through his pants and start talking on the street, shouting out it wanted equal rights. It would get drunk, too and have crying jags, nobody loved it, and, and, wanted to, and it wanted to be kissed, same as any other mouth. Finally, it talked all the time, day and night. You could hear him for blocks screaming at it to shut up, and beating it with his fist and sticking candles up it. But nothing did any good, and the asshole said to him, it's you who will shut up in the end, not me, because we don't need you around here anymore. I can talk and eat and shit. After that, he began waking up in the morning with a transparent jelly like a tadpole's tail all over his mouth. This jelly was what the scientists call UNDT, undifferentiated tissue, <coughs> which can grow into any kind of flesh on the human body. He would tear it off his mouth and the pieces would stick to his hands like burning gasoline jelly and grow there, grow anywhere on him. Grow anywhere on him a glob of it fell. 
So finally his mouth sealed over, and the whole head would have amputated spontaneous. Did you know there is a condition occurs in parts of Africa and only among Negroes where the little toe amputates spontaneously? Except for the eyes, you dig? That's the one thing the asshole couldn't do was see. It needed the eyes. But nerve connections were blocked and infiltrated and atrophied so the brain couldn't give orders anymore. It was trapped in the skull, sealed off. For a while, you could see the silent, helpless suffering of the brain behind the eyes. Then finally, the brain must have died because the eyes went out and there was no more feeling in them than a crab's eye on the end of a stalk.
bass drum loud. Bam! Yeah! Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah, I know, yeah. It's it's Ringo. It's because you're listening to me singing. I'll stop singing, man. You know. Okay. Bam, 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 bam.
set an open course for the virgin sea. Captain, so climb aboard. We'll search for tomorrow on every shore, and I'll try. Oh Lord, I'll try to carry on. the left side back to some one more time to the right reach that arm way out so far away keep to the left
Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hang on all around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me down What I've got They used to call the blues Nothing is really wrong Feeling like I don't belong Walking around Some kind of lonely clown Rainy days and Mondays always get me down I always wind up here with you Nice to know somebody loves me Oh, for now, but it seems It's the only thing to do Run and find the one who loves me And what I feel has come and gone before No need to talk it out We know what it's all about Hang on around Nothing to do but frown 